Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman. You will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. All right, everybody, it's Dave Mormon back for another live episode here uh, with Home Service Business Coach. I'm tuning in with my main man, Landon. Uh, we agreed we were overdue here to uh, record another uh, hot seat episode live for you guys. So that's what we're doing today. Uh, Landon has went ahead and prepared uh, some show notes as well as pulled out a topic uh, from the hat. So I'm going to give him the controls and let him drive the bus. And I really try and do these episodes for you guys just to try bring you uh, actionable advice for how you can scale up your home service companies. So uh, Landon, what do you got uh, tuned uh, in store for us today, my man? Yeah, thanks, Dave. Uh, hello, everybody. Good to uh, be with you again. So the episode uh, topic, I guess today is, do you need debt to start and grow your business? It is a juicy one. We got inflation. Everybody seems like they're holding on to their person wallet. So I think it's uh it's going to be really uh, impactful here. And then also to finish off, we're going to have, we have a question from Dennis Grizzly Softpaw. So if you're listening, uh, we're going to be touching on a couple of your points as well too. Cause I, you know, we always like that kind of, you know, get the questions in and kind of give you some like, again, to your point, really practical uh, feedback and advice. So Dave um, let's, let's start off. We'll, we'll, you can kind of answer um, what the topic, the episode topic is, do you need debt to start and grow your home service business coach or yeah. business? Yeah, absolutely. Great, great question. So I'd say whether you're, you know, pressure washing, landscaping, painting, the service really doesn't matter too much. Uh, I'm definitely more a big fan of doing uh, startups a little more from a scrappy mindset. And I do think like, when you are gifted or given a surplus of money, I feel like it actually stifles your creativity, to be honest with you. Uh, and, and I've actually never grown a business uh, with debt myself. Um, I just don't fully believe in it. Um, now we do have a line of credit that we can use, um, which is set up at a local bank, which if we need to dip into it, you know, the interest rate is I think three, 4% kind of thing nothing too crazy kind of on an as needed basis. But what we're talking about with land in here, everybody is like, um, do you, I want to start a pressure washing business. Do I need to go out and get, you know, a hundred thousand uh, dollar loan from say someone who wants to invest in my business. Or sometimes we think we need to take on a partner. And so I think really the best answer to this question is it depends first of all, on the psychology of the owner uh, my psychology of an owner is like, how can I build a team and build an awesome local home service business? My psychology is not, how can I build a local home service business and be in, you know, a hundred different markets across the U.S.? That's just not how my brain is functioning for this specific business. So if you have aspirations to grow this thing to the moon, potentially maybe franchise it, like go absolutely buck wild. I think I may answer that question a little bit differently, but I'd say for 90, 
seven, 98% of the listeners is like, Lennon, how do I quit my, you know, 40K a year job? How can I make 40K and then some with my pressure washing business, maybe have a month or two off during the winter? And how can I have kind of that work-life balance or what I'm more saying lately is that work-life integration um, how can I have that? And so we can deep dive on this for sure, Landon. But to answer the question first up, I would say no. Um, you do. The question says, you know, do you need debt? Not do you want to maybe have yeah. some debt and explore? So <laughs> do you need it? Like, absolutely not. Because I've done it three times now. Service business started from a goose egg, nothing um, and grew it uh, and have not had you know, family money or a rich uncle or somebody, you know, giving my trust fund, filling up my trust fund. It's just, it's not a thing. So I would say no to answer that question. Okay, great. Do you kind of touched on like the, the kind of like the psychology of the owner? Like you're going to have some owners where it's like, okay, no, we're going to get resourceful. We're going to get scrappy, which I think has a lot of pros. And we kind of touched on like that, you know, resourcefulness and, you know, honestly a month ago now. Um, and then you have the owner that's like, Hey man, hundred grand is what I need, which ties into like, um, a point about equipment, about your vans, about having like all this fancy signage and stuff like that. Like Dave, would you go into debt to ensure that you have like, you know, you know, you're starting off and I'm just going to have equipment that can handle like $30,000 commercial jobs. How would you go about that on the equipment side? Would you go into debt on the equipment side, on the marketing side? Um, or would you just be like, you know what, I'm going to buy what I need for this moment and then kind of scale up with it? Yeah, it's a great question. Like, I think it's a dangerous thought building the business for like one day we'll grow into this. Like case in point, we grew to about 600K on the top line with Revive before we even said the word office. Um, because we were working just from a community table at Starbucks, right? <laughs> uh, and it's like, I had office staff working like for me at the Starbucks, because we did not have the funds to go invest into an office space. Um, and there wasn't, you know, I've heard this enough times, oh, we're going to grow into it. It just doesn't always happen. So I think you want to be extremely resourceful with your um, initial money starting a home service business. I think a word we don't talk enough about is a word called pre-selling. Like, let me put it this way. If owner one came to me and said, Dave, give me 50 grand, I'm going to go start this business and do this, this, and this. That's highly risky for myself, the investor. The other option is someone smarter. Landon comes to me, says, hey, Dave, I've been pounding the pavement with business cards, knocking on doors. I started a LinkedIn account. I've already collected a few Google My Business reviews from friends and family who can vouch for my character and some small jobs I've done. I've went out and I actually have $20,000 in purchase orders. Uh, and it's today, July 18. And I'm booking all these jobs to start September 1st. Can I have some money to invest? That's a totally different much one more that would keep me up at night willing to invest in because someone's already showed the hunger and went out and pre-sold their um, services. So sometimes I think we think debt can like help cover over the work that we need to go do. Um, it's that quote that's like, you know, hard work shows up, but we, we or success looks like uh, hard work covered in overall, something to that, but we miss we miss it because we're so not focused on the work that we have to put in. So I think like, no, you don't need to go get the shiniest, latest, greatest things. Like we've got 
equipment and vehicles that will do a very good job to clean a homeowner's home or clean a commercial property. Is it like the best, like end all be all best in the industry? Absolutely not. But I also think we're in a great position where we've not over leveraged ourselves for, for money. So I sometimes think the people that are like, I need debt, they tend to be very uh, operational, technically perfectionist type of mindset they could not talk to you more for 30 minutes about sales and marketing of their business. So mm -hmm. I really think it's situational. I'd say for the vast majority of owners, it's not needed uh, because I think there's definitely more scrappy ways you can grow the business. And quite honestly, like take a page out of my book. Like if you're profitable with your first truck, you can finance truck two, three, and four based on the cash flow you have of the previous truck before it. So like, my first truck took me out of my other business. My second truck was built based on the money that came from truck one. The, the third truck got on the road from the money that came from truck two. And you're just like, you're building this like pyramid up. So like, don't start at the top of the pyramid just with a cash injection. And then you have to figure everything else out. I think there's like a thrill and a fun and a scrappiness of like being resourceful. And you only have, you know, a thousand dollars in your account you need to go produce this job, take the money from that and go do your next thing. So I think when you layer up, you build a more sustainable business and you don't get, you know, fat and lazy for lack of a better term. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Absolute gold. You, we would kind of, you know, we both know our stances on this topic and I would have to heavily uh, agree with what you're saying here. You do not need the $120,000 mattress uh, van, you do not need, you know, the, you know, $25,000 trailer with all the best, greatest and best uh, soft washing equipment, but there has to be, and there is definitely some pros uh, to debt. So Dave, I'd love to hear like in your eyes, what are the pros and what are the cons of yeah. going into debt? We, I know we've yeah. kind of touched some of the cons, but let's hear it. Super good. So I think too, I've changed my stance slightly in this inflationary economy and in a lot of the members I'm working with, rather than you taking, you know, let's say you work your butt off and you save $20,000. Let's just say an owner has that in their account. Awesome. Good for you. You know, used to, you used to be able to go get a pretty decent van for a whole lot less than that. But now what I'm seeing, rather than that owner clear out their $20,000 nest egg, I would maybe say, how could we clear out maybe five or six, you put that down on a van, and maybe we finance that van at a very friendly interest rate. I'm only advising that if I know the chops of the owner that they're able to go market and sell themselves. So again, like debt's not going to help anyone who can't go and promote their business. Like your biggest 20 mile march to walk zero to a million dollars is to become literally famous in your service area and be known as the guy or the girl that does the thing. Um, that's going to take years to do that. So I do think you could have debt, um, you know, positioned in kind of a vehicle sense. If you could tell me, hey, I can go book up my vehicle that can do $30,000 a month with two people in it. Um, the van payment's going to be, you know, 900 a month and like $87 additional, that's going to be interest. I'm going to say to you, Landon, go for it, full rip, don't trip over pennies on your way to make dollars. So if you can prove to me, you can sell your stuff. If you could go get a friendly interest rate uh, and finance the thing, maybe put down four or five grand down, finance the rest. Um, that's a great way to do it. Notice in this example, I've now saved $14,000 liquid cash. 
I can go save for a rainy day. I can go buy that water-fed pole. Uh, I can go join home service business coach and get coaching. There's all these other things you can do with that additional. So don't sink all your cash flow into a single uh, asset, single van. Uh, if you can get a friendly interest rate, I think that's a good time for um, debt. And huge world of difference. Do you want to deep dive landing good debt versus bad debt? Or do we want to, um, I want to see where you want to take this. Yeah, let's, let's, yeah, because you hear, and guys know about this, if they studied, you know, any of the big corps, most of them have debt and, and most of the billionaires have debt, right? For my mentor, he specifically has debt. Why would somebody that has the money in their account choose to go into debt? Why would a company who has the money in the account choose to go into debt, Dave? So let's let's deep dive into the good debt and the bad debt. I think that, that would really help a lot of guys. Yeah. So. yeah, let's start off with the bad. So the bad is like what you're going to see on your sponsored Facebook ads that are targeting you, right? Somebody on a boat or a jet ski or a Lamborghini, right? Like that's the type of stuff that kind of flashy lifestyle, like Typically, like if if you're looking at buying something and saying, will this get a lot of likes on social media, probably don't buy the thing, right? You just honestly like you just honestly like who are you trying to impress here? So I really think if I look at my life, I've really dove deep on building businesses and investing in real estate and making wise decisions. Um, there's very few things in my life that I've purchased that I could post online and people would be like, that's the coolest thing, right? And so I think, um, you know, your your vehicle you drive for one thing, like whether that's personal or through um, the business, I think should be uh, of one that you can actually like afford. And so I've just never been the type to be wired by fancy cars or, or material things like boats or experiences or, you know, 500 or $800 dinners. It's just not uh, how I'm wired. So I think you got to look at what fills you up. And then there's a such thing in business. I think with debt, it's delaying your gratification, right? Oh, if you've got a great year, you hit 200 grand, you save up 20 grand, you want to go get whatever, like go for it. So long as it doesn't stunt the growth of your business. So, you know, that's, quick crash course, bad debt. Good debt is anything that will create a return or a return on your investment, right? So I could argue that, you know, this is the whole nother episode. I think we did this uh, line a little while back is on uh, college, right? And so yep. that's a hot debate right now. If I sink a hundred grand into my education, is that good debt or good debt or bad debt? Well, it's typically seen as good debt because you're educating yourself, but what comes out on the other side, if you don't have a skill that the market's going to go employ you and you can make that hundred grand back in two or three years, then yeah, you could probably make a case that was bad debt. Um, I would say education where there's a specific outcome is seen as um, good debt. I would say uh, a piece of property where you can get a return on, right? I went out and just uh, remortgaged our property. One of our properties we have, we took the equity out, we refinanced it. That would be seen uh, as good debt because I'm now having my rents come in, exceed all my costs. That's okay to have good debt. So it all comes down to land and return. I think with good debt, it's still possible to over leverage yourself. So I think you need to be cautious, but I do think if you live strictly on, you know, cash everything, I do think that will kind of stunt the growth of where you could be. So I think just like be extremely cautious because more people have sunk their financial ship than have made it. 
um, when it comes to debt. So it's just, it's a tool like anything and you just need to be like extremely uh, careful and cautious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with the with the delayed gratification, because that's the society that we live in, I, I Stanford and I think 2007 did a study uh, with kids and you're probably familiar with this. They bring a, a set of, two sets of kids in sit them down. Here's a cookie. If you wait 10 minutes, you can get another cookie, right? And then they track those people throughout high school um, and as well as uh, post-secondary. And get, Dave, get this. This will blow your mind. Yeah. The people that the, the kids that delayed the gratification got higher grades, uh, better schools, and eventually netted better jobs and were happier overall in their lives when they check back on them versus the people that did not or the kids that did not delay the gratification. So I think, I think it was uh, Mark Cuban if I'm not mistaken, he says one of the single biggest predictors of, of if somebody's going to be successful or not is this delayed gratification. And it ties into every single aspect, you know, getting that scrappy. You have a polo that has a simple logo versus this crazy $100 shirt that you have made up, right? So it's 20 bucks versus 100 bucks. Just stuff like this, delaying the gratification until you get to a point. And then you have to deal with that on the flip side of, okay, well, I've made my 200 grand. I've had my 20K in the bank. Now, what am I going to do with it? What should be, the question should be, what is going to push my business, myself further? If that's coaching, if that's um, better equipment, need be to land those commercial jobs, so on and so forth. But I know that you were going to mention something. So you go for well, it. Well, let's get granular for a sec, man. Like um, I'll give an example here. Like for our office, we needed new computers, right? And so this is where it gets really cool. I went to the team and said, oh, I just got this new uh, MacBook, iMac, whatever computer, and it's awesome. I said, why don't we just go get a couple of those? And the team was like, Dave, like, I think we're way better getting like a Mac mini and linking it up with an HDMI to our monitor. We can actually save like $2,000 doing that. And I was like, listening to them. And I'm like, I'm so happy. That's how they're thinking. Cause I've went out and done that stunt now twice where I go out and get a Mac mini, hook it up to a monitor. It's a great way to kind of like, there's always other ways to break into the house, right? If the front door doesn't work, try the garage, try the side, try the back, like literally figure it out. And so when you see your team thinking like that, it's amazing because this delay gratification, this debt, this stance towards let's buy it when we can afford it trickles down to everything in your business from equipment to vehicles, to who you hire, to when do you move into an office, to, um, you know, how fancy are your uniforms, to literally like what kind of technology are you using in your office. And at the end of the day, guys, nobody really cares. It's just you who care most about your business. Find something functional that's going to work now for the next 12 months. And how many things do I say with our team? Let's revisit that in six months or eight months or 12 months. It doesn't all need to get built right now. So invest yeah. what's going to work for right now. Um, because if you start to wear shoes that are too big for you, um, you're going to, uh, going to end up with blisters, the financial blisters. So just be very careful. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And let's, it kind of ties into, we had, um, like I said, Dennis from Grizzly Softwashing yeah. um, chime in and he's like, you know, cause we talked about like the, the truck thing, you know, if you have one truck, it has an ROI. Um, and then truck two, truck three. That's kind of Dennis's question. When do you know when it's time uh, to add another truck? Is it a lead flow thing? Because we've been all tying back to marketing and sales. If you can get marketing and sales, you're more confident to you know go into debt potentially if it's going to feed the business. Is it is it revenue to net profit? Is it that gut feeling? Dennis Dennis was asking. Kind of when yeah. do you know when it's time, Dave? 
my my mentor says never trust your gut it stands for gave up thinking um, so, <laughs> so i'm gonna say no no to the gut um but yeah. what i would say dennis for us at least in you i see a soft watcher in the cleaning niche what i find for us and those i consult is like three weeks um lead time is kind of like your indicator in soft washing mm. i personally believe is 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 when you're hitting three weeks is when you're getting call-ins and people are kind of starting to look for other options if you're booked out more than that. If you're only out a week and you're talking about how do we get truck two, you're asking the wrong question. You should be saying, how can we get to three weeks with the first truck? So in the soft wash space, Dennis, I think you got to be pumping 25 to 30K-ish per truck in revenue um, when you're starting to hit that and continue to stay booked up three weeks we got to go out and look for another truck now this gets into capacity planning this gets into the financial sector of your business and so what i would be focusing on is that 25 to 30k i would be punching that out profitably and i would every 30 grand i do with one truck i'd be socking away five to six grand in a separate account every single month so that before you know it you'll have 20, 30, 40, 50 grand. You can go out and get that next truck. Now, again, like I said, 10 minutes ago, you don't necessarily need to go pay cash for that truck. Maybe we're putting down X amount. You're buying your soft wash skid. You're setting it up. Dennis, you're going to know exactly how much that truck's going to cost the outfit. Um, actually, you, you may have a general idea and now add on inflation, and that's going to be the true cost to go build it. So I personally believe... Um, I think we do a poor job in sales and marketing that we don't make it. A, a, who is it, Landon, that said, like, if it's not a heck yes, it's a no. I think it's in Tim Ferriss's book or something. Yeah. But it's like, honestly, Dennis, it should be such like a heck yes. We need a second truck that it's like just so glaringly obvious. I find too many owners try to get that second truck going. They cannibalize the sales, the work from the first truck. And then you end up with the two truck operation that's each booked out days, not weeks, um, which is not a great place to be. So I'd say maximize that first one. Um, and there's nothing wrong with being a one truck profitable operation um, if that's what you want. So I'd say just be cautious. I posted it today, Lan, and, and we can talk about it more on another episode is like, it's not bad to not be quickly growing your business. It's bad if you're not making your business a little bit better every single day. So I think just really focusing on booking out that first truck uh, and Dennis, it'll also take time too. So, you know, based on everything being backed up, maybe you're starting to order some of these materials and just source them in your garage or in your warehouse bay so that when the day comes, you do need that truck, boom, you can go get it. And last thing to mention too, man, look 90 days out on seasonality, right? We're right now in a kind of a summer slowdown for a lot of markets across the country. Um, if you're looking at now, you spend six weeks outfitting the truck, it's ready by say September 1st. Is that a great time typically with your seasonality to roll another truck? I personally like to introduce new trucks in kind of March, April range when boom, we're at smoke and high capacity or for us, Christmas lights is another great time. October would be a great time to have another truck on the road because I know we can make a lot of revenue in three months time, pay for that truck with just our Christmas lights. So you want to look at seasonality as well um, in your market. Does that kind of, Landon, we kind of jumped around, but does that kind of give Dennis yeah. like a few points to think on? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It all comes back to like, we keep mentioning it. You keep mentioning it. You know, if sales and marketing, if you come to me and say, look, 
I want 50 grand for a business. Okay, what's your plan? Versus, hey, I want 50 grand and XYZ have done this and I've done that. Hey, if your truck isn't booked three weeks out, you have a problem, you're asking the wrong question. All these type of different things, I think, come back to, to like getting the leads, getting the sales, getting the marketing uh, to kind of answer uh, Dennis's question. He mentioned it on here, lead flow um, was his first one. So Dennis, you're, you're on the right track here um, with that. And then what, have you noticed any like short-term decline in, in your net profit? Like obviously you're going to have that as in your, in your slush fund, you're going to see a decrease, you know, whether you put a down payment down or you just pay it, pay off the truck, but in your overall net profit, like what should we expect? Um, is it a 5% drop? Is it a 50% drop in short-term decline in net profit? Kind of Dennis was wondering some counterpoints on that. Yeah, it kind of depends on the business, Dennis. Like typically what we find is net profit will be much lower in the early season startup. So like, you know, March, April, when I'm training new crews, we're investing heavily in our infrastructure for the year. Maybe, you know, the gear from last year is not so good and we need to go out and purchase some more things. Net profit can move um, down because of investments, but also when you have new team members on the truck, um, that magic 30% technician pay sometimes can shoot up to 38, 42, 45% where you're pulling your hair out. So I think in kind of a 30 or 60 day vacuum, yeah, the business may not look very profitable, but it should be able to stabilize uh, and then tick up your net profit again um, as you continue to, to get going. But you do need to know like growing the business is essentially just using your net profit to continually fuel the growth of the business. So I do think, yes, you want to be profitable, but I also think you want to be growing this thing in the right direction. Um, and if your business is growing without debt, I will tell you, you are being profitable because where else does that money come from to go get trucks two, three, four. So that's kind of a great way. I think sometimes owners need to step back and be like, my goodness, look what I've actually built here. I've got two trucks going. I've got a staff of four that's happy. I'm looking at, you know, getting someone in the office. Uh, I have very little debt owing. Uh, and I've and jump on your CRM, right? Go on your service monster, jobber, house call pro. I was talking to a member this week, Dave, things are tough, et cetera. We're working through some things. I'm like, man, look at your CRM. You have 800 customers, right? How cool is that? You quit your job, you build something, 800 customers. Like that's where a lot of times, this is a whole nother podcast, but that's where a lot of times our answers to these questions lie is right inside your own customer base. How can we go reinvigorate them, get them back on the schedule uh, and keep this thing growing? Because it is the best way to grow your business, I think, is just reach internally and go back to your customers who already know you, they already love you, they already trust you. So yes, I think temporary dips in net profit, absolutely. Um, but again, you're just pulling that profit to continue the investment of the business. So it kind of messes with your head. Are we actually like losing <laughs> money because we're also growing the business and that's what you wanted in the first place. So I think if someone doesn't have any net profit showing for like five or seven years, that's a problem, but you can yep. see companies that grow revenue from like eight, like for us, we grew 89 grand, 155, 582 that year, 155 to 582, that didn't look so profitable on the PL, but we did add three trucks that year and a ton of equipment and really grew up into be like a 
business bigger than just Dave. So I think you got to always look at the thing behind the thing. And as long as your business is still growing, um, there is going to be profit that you're using to continue the growth of the business because it just takes cash to scale a business. Um, end of story, mic drop. <laughs> fair enough, man. Fair enough. I think that that was, that was great. I think we covered um, a lot of great stuff there. You know, do you need debt first and foremost to start a business? Short answer, no, go the scrappy way, man. It's You're going to learn a lot more about yourself. You're going to be a lot more creative because you don't have 50K, 100K of uncle, un rich Uncle Jim's money. Uh, secondarily, kind of that good debt versus bad debt thing. Like, look, there's some good debt. There's some bad debt. Bad debt, if, other, if you're posting it on Instagram for other people, kind of stay away from it. Good debt. Okay, look, is this an investment into my future business? Then phenomenal then go about that making it strategically, whether that, for example, a vehicle, put down the money, finance the rest, or even maybe save up and kind of dump it in all at once. Um, and then pros and cons uh, of kind of going into that, starting out and in, in operating your business. So uh, Dave, phenomenal. I'm going to put you on the hot seat here. Do you got a, a quote, anything um, that you want to leave the people? Uh, it could be on debt, um, but it could be also just on life in general running. Yeah. I got a good one. I love it, man. That's why we're doing this. I got a good one, guys. And that quote is how you do anything is how you do everything. You may have heard it before. That may be a writer downer. But let me tell you, um, that is one thing I think when it comes to debt and business, um, I think there's there's a huge thing we don't talk about is being financially responsible and being a financial steward of the money that you have. So you better believe money coming into my businesses is being used again, I believe in, in a wise way with wise decisions. And that's just, if, if, you're, if your personal financial life is chaos, it's gonna be really tricky getting your business, your house in order. But let me tell you, man, when someone does start to see that light bulb, I've got a member I'm working with right now, I won't say his name, he's just started deep diving more his numbers in his business. It's flowing to his personal life as well. Um, this is this is like something we don't learn in school, right? And so I think when you can build that bridge personal to business, how you do anything is how you do everything. If you can clean up one house, it's just this momentum thing. Let's go clean up the business house now. So just want to encourage the listeners. Um, there is no spot that's you know too far gone. Um, and so this is just a really thing, really important thing. I think you want to shine a flashlight on in your business is, is how you do anything. how you do everything. Yeah. Love that. And I'm going to, I'm going to just take you back right off your point. I've been, you know, whether it's professionally or personally, people always get tripped out, Dave, about managing finances or looking in strategically planning. Okay. I want to get that other truck. How do I reverse engineer it back? Um, you know, employment hours, charge rate, all this kind of good stuff. But I'm telling you people from personal experience and with others, and you can validate this too, Dave, it's a lot scarier until you start. And then once you actually start going through that, you're like, oh, there's a sense of relief. There's this weight lifted off your shoulders because you know exactly what's happening then. And you're like, wow, that was not nearly as scary as I thought. Actually, it was kind of empowering. So that would be my two cents on that. Just do it, get it done professionally uh, and personally. But uh, Dave, I, that, that, that's all I got, man. We, we absolutely crushed debt. Um, I think it was an asset for our time to talk about debt. That was a terrible joke. Anyways, you'll, you'll forgive me. You'll forgive me. But uh... Absolutely, man. Well, thanks for uh, coming on, everybody, today and listening. I hope you had a, a takeaway or two. 
and and we'll be back uh, next Thursday for another episode here on HSBC. So wish you well as you continue to grow your business and we'll be chatting to you guys on the next episode. It's Dave and Lyndon signing off. Take care. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.